in this episode, you will discover the medicine of the Taurus new moon, Jupiter moving into Pisces, and the great expansion this will bring. Also, I have a very special guest interview, and I believe you're going to love it. And as usual, there will be a guided meditation to help you integrate all that we dive into. Let's go. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your... Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. This episode is particularly special because it is a full year since I launched my podcast, Stars, Stones, and Stories. And it was a dream of mine for nearly a decade to make this podcast happen. And I would always say, oh, I will do that when. I will do that when. You know how we do when we have these dreams and these visions, we we kind of put them off until the specific moment that we've created in our consciousness. However, what I've learned, particularly in the past year, is that it, it's just best to really seize the moment and begin. We have to start somewhere. And as we are in Taurus season, This is a living example of how life is ceremonial art. And so I'm curious, I want to ask you, 
How are you the creator or the creatrix of art, of beauty, of culture? And I'd like for you to just pause for a moment and think about that. Because perhaps you've never considered yourself as a creator or a creatrix of beauty, art, or culture. However, if you're living and breathing, and especially if you're listening to this podcast right now, you absolutely are a creator or creatrix. It is through the body temple that we orient ourselves in this holy participation with the divine. And it is whatever we put our sacred life force, whatever focus we give that force to, that is the culture we are weaving alongside with. The reality is we chose to be human in this incarnation. We are not butterflies or flowers or fairies or angels. We're living in human form, organic human form. And this is very sacred and very special. There is divinity in this human experience. And I am just so grateful to welcome you all to this episode 27. It has now been 52 weeks of delivering these living mythological journeys with you. And since last episode, we have 150 new unique listeners and a total of 65 countries represented. And so I give so much thanks and love and appreciation to my sisters and brothers in India as this is the largest listener base next to the United States. So I'm really grateful for you all joining in. And for all of you, wherever you live in the world, I'm grateful that we can come together through this medium. For me, this is a form of art. And as you are the listener, the art is only sustained through this cooperative journey we have together, this relational journey. So I'm really, I always like to open these episodes with my gratitude because the show only continues because of you. So thank you. And for those who might be interested in diving a little deeper with me, you can always book uh, Astrological Divination through support at earthseedtemplearts.com. So that's an email address, support at earthseedtemplearts.com. And I also invite you to visit my new website, earthseedtemplearts.com and stay connected with me on my new Instagram handle, earthseedtemplearts. I've been pretty quiet on Instagram and social media for the last few months as I've been birthing my new course, Earthseed, this nine-week live online course. And we are four and a half weeks into the journey, and it is so beautiful and so potent. And so if you wanted to join us, but it didn't feel aligned, 
please be on the lookout. I will offer a fall um, earth seed journey. So if that's something that's resonate with you, resonating with you, make sure you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. And I'm also excited to share with you the other offerings that will be coming out throughout the summer and early fall. On Tuesday, May 11th at 2.59 p.m., the sun and moon marry at 21 degrees, 17 arc minutes Taurus. We have this new moon that is conjunct black moon Lilith and Taurus. And in addition, Ceres has just ingressed into Taurus. And we also, of course, have Uranus in Taurus. So there is a lot of stabilizing, strong, earthy, practical, grounded, very sensual energy with this Taurian new moon. Taurus is represented through the symbol of the bull as the builder, one who is anchored and grounded in the material realm, one with highly developed senses, one who must always work for pleasure. Taurians are very resourceful, productive, they're stable, and they bring in this sensuality like the lover, the artist, the dancer. They are natural love, earth lovers and lovers of food, and they love to grow food and herbs and prepare food. They're musicians and artists and very patient and will stay the course. And so this Taurus new moon is a time to really anchor into our value system as Taurus is ruled by Venus. And we know Venus governs love and attraction, beauty, creativity, art, harmony, sensuality, all of our relationships. The goddess herself, the great feminine archetype is very much anchored in these Venetian values. And it is so much about what I thread through all of my offerings. And that is, what are you going to do with your sacred life force? And this Taurus new moon is a time to anchor into that even more. We just continue to go deeper and deeper. And the outer world continues to show us over and over again how important it is that we anchor into our values because there's so much we cannot control or change in the outer world. However, that which we do with our time, how we spend our money, whom we choose to be with, these are all reflections of our actual value system. As Black Moon Lilith is conjunct the sun and moon, we must honor this vortex of the moon's elliptical orbit. In mythology, Lilith is the dark goddess herself. In fact, in some of the oldest texts that mention her, she's not even a goddess. She's a demon in, in the eyes of the patriarchy. 
she's seen as this because she doesn't even have a physical body to pinpoint, we could say, in space. She is the dark feminine. Her totem is the owl in the black jaguar. She is powerful, fierce, magical. She represents everything about the occult, that which is hidden, that which is unknown, that which is in mystery. And within mystery is the wellspring of magic. And Black Moon Lilith herself, as we are really centered in our dark goddess energy, then we are powerful. We are mighty. We know who we are at our core. So the outer world can try to stretch us and twist us and confuse us. However, when we are so anchored in to whom we are, we own our sexuality, we own our bodies. And when this energy is suppressed or not allowed, it comes out as the tyrant, as the abuser, the oppressor, as the victim, as the martyr. And so we can see many cases in the world around us where Black Moon Lilith is not able to be utilized because her existence is being systematically suppressed. So this new moon is going to be offering us an opportunity to get in touch with our connection to the dark goddess, to the dark feminine. And Taurus, Black Moon Lilith, is asking each of us to dive deep into the primal fear of safety. Many of us consume, we ravage the very planet that loves us, that feeds us, that cares for us, because for so many of us, we actually feel very unsafe in this world. So there tends to be an insatiable desire to consume, to accumulate things, needless, pointless things, plastic things that are going to be around for many years to come that actually tend to be pretty meaningless. And so much of this is so that we feel safe and secure here on earth. The truth is having all the things will never be enough. And this is something I like to share when, you know, I want to talk about prosperity consciousness with people. Prosperity consciousness has nothing to do with the amount of money you have in the bank or the possessions that you own, the land that you own. Prosperity consciousness is the ability to enjoy life, to enjoy, to have gratitude for what you do have. And as we have more and more gratitude for that which we have, we inevitably attract more of that which we need and that which we desire. And there are people all around the planet that have very little but are extremely prosperous because they enjoy their lives. They enjoy the simple, beautiful, elegant rhythms of being in tune with nature. And there are many who have so much, 
who have so much they don't even know what to do with, and they are incredibly miserable. And Black Moon Lilith and Taurus asks us to look at where do we stockpile, where do we hoard. It's not necessarily always with things. Sometimes it's with people, with relationships. Sometimes it's with seeking the need for approval, for looking from outside of ourselves. And what Black Moon Lilith and Taurus asks is for us to come to the void within, to meet the void within. And through that void, through that darkness that lies within all of us, that mystery, that magic, that power, that primal essence, we learn to feel safe on earth. We learn to feel welcomed and at home here. And we learn to find a level of acceptance and surrender of the divine plan at play. And so as we look to this Taurus new moon, I wanted to look up the Sabian symbol and the star sparks for Taurus 22 degrees. Because both the sun and the moon are at 21 degrees, 17 arc minutes, that rounds up to 22 degrees. And the Sabian symbol for this is white doves flying over troubled waters. This is so much about the spiritual inspiration that comes to the individual in the overcoming of crisis. It is a symbol of guidance where one may meet crisis with courage. The Star Sparks is a blindfolded woman who sees the future. This points to the inward vision, how to be a bridge between times and realms, how to shapeshift, how to track the invisible, otherworldly dimensions. This is a stirring of energy that may not necessarily bring peace as it is very instinctual. And I find that these frequencies, particularly this blindfolded woman who sees the future, is very much in alignment with Black Moon Lilith and Taurus. And so where within you can you cultivate with this new moon a deeper inward vision? Where may you be a bridge between times and realms and tap into your inherent shape-shifting abilities? Where may you be that white dove flying over troubled waters who meets crisis with courage, and not just with courage, but with elegance and grace? And so as the sun and moon meet up, and there is a beautiful exchange of energy between Neptune and Pisces and Pallas Athene and Pisces with the sun and moon. There is a harmonious energy. And so with this new moon, we have this ability to tap into our higher mind and into that high heart as well. And to do this through the collective energy. And there's also a trine with Pluto and Capricorn. So again, there's gifts that are able to be received as we continue to dissolve and shed and let go of these old ways. Remember, we are living in 
times of great transformation. We are seeing the end of an age and the birth of the new earth before our very eyes. And what is our new normal is that we see intense, intense dissolving and destruction, and we see coming up to the surface forces that culturally we have ignored. And at the same time, we see great hope and possibility emerging all around us as well. With this Taurus new moon, there is an opportunity here that is actually opening up the entire eclipse season that we will begin to welcome with the Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse on May 26th and the Gemini new moon solar eclipse on June 10th. And in this eclipse season, Mercury will be retrograde in Gemini. And so this Taurus new moon is actually in many ways the opening of this eclipse season. This Taurus new moon is laying down the seeds for radical new living. And as we are in this Taurus season, it is a beautiful time to ask yourself about your value system. And how are you aligning with your true value system? How are you building it before your very eyes? So this new moon is an awesome opportunity to cast those seeds and to understand that as we get closer to the end of May, we are coming into a wild card time time bending, time travel, this idea of shifting from linear time to quantum time is here and now so much in the Aquarian age and even more so amplified in these eclipse portals. So understand that which you're setting your seeds for is something so much greater And in episode 28, we'll go much deeper into this eclipse season and how to particularly work for it, work through it, and work with it. The astrology of May is ramping up 2021. In case you felt like you needed the energy raised, not to worry, it's it's beginning to happen. And so as I mentioned, the Taurus new moon is an opportunity to really lay the seeds of intention. And just a couple of days after this Taurus new moon, Jupiter ingresses into Pisces on Thursday, May 13th at 6.37 PM. That's Eastern daylight time. And Thursdays are Jupiter days, which to me makes this even more significant as Jupiter goes from Aquarius to zero degrees Pisces. Now, Jupiter will be in Pisces through July 29th, and then we'll go back into Aquarius, 
where Jupiter will hang out for the rest of 2021 until December 30th. And then Jupiter will ingress again into Pisces and hang out there until May of 2022. And then Jupiter goes into Aries and then back into Pisces and then settles into Aries. So Jupiter cycles are about 11 to 12 months and Jupiter is a social teaching planet. So we have these two teacher planets, Jupiter and Saturn. And as many of you know, on December 21st of 2020, Jupiter went into Aquarius alongside Saturn, and they met up at the first degree of Aquarius, really opening this gate for the Aquarian age. And if you haven't checked out episodes 16 and 17 of this podcast, I highly recommend it. Now, Jupiter is here to offer the principle of improvement. This planetary body is all about helping the soul to ascend beyond the material world. It is our search for meaning, truth, for ethical values. It is a planet of spirituality. Jupiter expands everything it touches, and it teaches one how to grow beyond their limitations. Jupiter rules Sagittarius, and in traditional astrology, Jupiter also rules the sign of Pisces. And so when Jupiter is coming into Pisces, it's coming into one of its home signs. Piscean energy is all about the imagination. This is the mystic, the artist, the channel, the psychic, the priest, the priestess, the seeker. Piscean energy has a need to commit to a dream or ideal, and the Pisces energy, it's water, it's very emotional, attuned with the sensations of feelings and being sensitive and absorbing. It's a mutable sign, so it has this ability to adapt and evolve and change And it's very expansive and dreamy. So we know that Jupiter in Pisces is going to be very dreamy and very expansive, especially collectively. It is going to attune with this high heart, magical imagination. However, the downfall could be delusion, being a martyr, being escapist, avoiding reality, um, being wrapped up in addictions. So this is energy we definitely want to be in check with as Jupiter goes into Pisces. I wanted to share with you as I, I did some research as I was building this podcast and really wanted to look into the star sparks and the Sabian symbol for one degrees Pisces. And the Sabian symbol is in a crowded marketplace, farmers and middlemen display a great variety of products. Now this is all about the process of 
community, of interchange, and it really speaks to the health of a community. And we, with this energy, it's speaking of a time has come to take full advantages of social opportunities to bargain and to trade. And I find this particularly interesting as so many communities have been locked down for over a year and many parts of the world are beginning to open up more and more. At the same time, we know other parts of the world are not. And it's like Jupiter and Pisces is pushing the envelope a little bit to ask people to come together again in communities and to collaborate. The star sparks for one degrees Pisces is a field of dandelions. And as we consider a field of bright yellow dandelion flowers with all the greenery and as an herbalist, I think to dandelion as being such a beautiful liver tonic and a purifier for both the liver and the gallbladder and just this beautiful plant that helps us to be more positive. It is said with the field of dandelions that everybody is here and ready to go. And collectively, we're all feeling it, we're hearing it, we're receiving within this pulse. We can feel the earth and we can feel each other. And so the question is, what enhances life? And what matters is what each one of us are doing, particularly when nobody's looking, how much that individual impact actually matters. So this Jupiter in Pisces transit is going to have a strong imprint on our collective energy. And as I cast the chart for the moment when Jupiter moves into Pisces, there is a quintile between Jupiter and Pisces to Uranus and Taurus. And quintiles tend to point towards some sort of um, pattern or structure. It is about a desire to build or make things and to categorize, to create order. And looking at conflicts or problems and the ability to find solutions within them. And so as we think of this Uranian energy in Taurus, which is stirring up a lot of collective energy, it's really asking us to look at our connection to the organic biological world. And as humans in a very fast evolving technological landscape, what are we going to do to continue right relationship with the organic biological world? And Jupiter and Pisces is giving us an opportunity to highlight where there are conflicts or problems or potential issues with the rapid increase of technology and where we are going socially with all of this collective 
manifestation and what are the solutions we want to create. And in addition to this, there is a no vial between Jupiter in Pisces and Chiron in Aries. And no vials are an initiation. They are allowing there to be, it's this opportunity to go through this portal of collective healing we're doing around the divine masculine and also the willingness for each person to connect with themselves, to really love themselves, to believe in their self-worth, their worthiness, their creative capacity. And this transit of Jupiter moving into Pisces is creating a gateway of sorts for where each one of us are doing that healing work with Chiron and Aries. So this movement of Jupiter into Pisces is going to be very expansive. And we want to think about our dreams and our ideals, our visual visualizations. We really want to connect with this boundless unifying energy to channel our most etheric mystical parts of self, our empathic parts, and to stay connected to the other world in a good way, in a grounded way. This is a very important time to even more so establish your daily practice. I hope that you have some practice of sorts because these are times where there isn't much to hold on to as the Rubik's cube is shifted again and again and again. And it is a anchored practice, a daily practice that helps to make sense of these times. Now, when Jupiter goes retrograde, Jupiter will be at three degrees Pisces. And the Sabian symbol for this is petrified tree trunks lie broken on desert sand. This is about the power to preserve records of achievements that comes through a fully matured culture. And we can look at this as the archetypal forms of a well-designed culture and how they endure or how they are mysteriously preserved. Many people still debate over civilizations like Lemuria and Atlantis of life on starseed systems like the Pleiades or Sirius. And somehow these archetypal forms exist in our collective minds, whether or not one agrees, if they ever existed at all. The star sparks for three degrees Pisces is an eye gazing out of the top of a pyramid. We are being shown by spirit everything we need to know. The superconscious mind is fully activated. 
Jupiter in Pisces is going to greatly expand the part of your chart where Pisces exists from zero to three degrees. And then by the end of July, Jupiter will be going back into the late degrees of Aquarius for the rest of 2021. Also, we have the sun moving into Gemini, and this is an opportunity to begin to open up Gemini season, the season of duality of the twins, the light, the dark, the masculine, the feminine. And this will happen around May 20th wherever you live in the world. And it is through this season of Gemini where we are invoking the archetypes of the scribe, the writer, the storyteller, the messenger, the fool, the trickster, coyote, butterfly. It is all about being curious, friendly, open-minded, open to learning, having fun, being adaptable. And once the sun goes into Gemini, we will already have Venus and Mercury there. The North Node is there as well. It's important to really consider this time where we're in the season of Beltana and Mother Earth is at the peak of her medicine with that unification of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. These archetypes of this mystical marriage are written all throughout creation. It is an archetype that brings in this unity consciousness, this connection of multi-dimensional attunements where each one of us has the ability in this now moment, despite all of the chaos in the outer world, we have the ability to go within and to find that stillness, to find that sacred truth, that art, that beauty, that harmony. And that harmony from within can be a holographic pattern that is relayed through the earth's akasha, through Terra Gaia, and again sent and spun out through the DNA of the cosmos. So we are unveiling the season of honoring the Taurus new moon and Jupiter moving into Pisces, and very soon the sun moving into Gemini. We are honoring how this portal of the fading out of linear time and the coming into focus of quantum time, the power of the now moment, is here. It is ripe. It is full. And with that, I invite you to stay tuned for a much deeper dive into this eclipse season with episode 28. I put out a question 
a couple of podcasts ago if you all were enjoying these being solo adventures or if you wanted guests. And I got feedback loud and clear that there's very much, many of you prefer to not have guests. And I hear you and I honor it. And I also want to say in this episode, I have a very special guest. And if you're willing, I invite you to continue to listen here as we dive into a very sweet conversation with my daughter as she came up with her own questions on her own accord about my work and my life. And she really wanted to be a part of this solar return episode for me. And I wanted her to be a part of it too, because she is so near and dear to the purpose, the why behind I do what I do. And she is like my muse. And so I wanted to weave her into this podcast. She's been such a beautiful supporter of my work over the years, and I'm so grateful to have her in my life. And before we dive into this interview, I just want to also invite you all, if you like or you love this podcast, to consider voting. I am going to link the information in the show notes, but there is a Quill Podcast Awards and the two categories that I would invite you to vote for if you're interested is Most Innovative Podcast and Best Society and Culture Podcast. And if you want to vote, you can follow that link and just type in Star Stones and Stories, and I would be so grateful for your time to do that. In addition, I'm really excited to offer this new way where those of us who are collaborating through this podcast adventure can come together through a network where it's a sacred community, it's all of us from all over the world, and you can reflect upon how you are being inspired or changed or elevated through these episodes. And it's also a great way if you have questions or if you have ideas for future episodes, you can just send them there. So also in the show notes, check out the link to that. The website is also circle.earthseedtemplearts.com. And if you go to that link, you're going to be signing up for the Stars, Stones, and Stories community. I look forward to connecting with you all over there. Are you ready? (laughs) 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 That always happens to me, like, okay. And I start laughing again. So, do I just say my first question? Do you want to introduce yourself? No. Well, yeah, but like, no. Can you introduce me? Yes. So, in honor of. The 27th episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories, we have a very special guest who happens to be my 10-year-old daughter. Her name is Navia. 
So, Navia, would you like to say hello to everyone? Um, hi. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to share about yourself before we dive in? Not really. No. Nothing at all? Like anything, you know, being 10, uh, like you can maybe say what grade you're in, maybe like things you really love, like your favorite color, things that are important to you right now. What you like to enjoy in your spare time? Um, well, I'm in fourth grade, and my favorite color is turquoise, and I'm not really sure what I like to do. Oh, I like swimming. I definitely like swimming. You also, you like, you're pretty creative. You like to make a lot of things. That might be true. And you're also really into Harry Potter, right? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> kind of left that bit out. Yeah. So what, right now, which book is your favorite book out of the entire series? Definitely Seventh. Why the Seventh? I'm not very sure. I guess so much stuff just happens, and I really like the ending. What about the ending? Let, let's not give any way any yeah. important details in case someone is listening who ha- hasn't read the book yeah. yet. But like, yeah. um, well, the chapter "The Princess Tale" I really liked that chapter. I also really liked the epilogue. Definitely. Awesome. Anything else you want to share with the listeners here? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's dive in. What is your favorite country? My favorite country? Wow, that's a hard question. I deeply, deeply love the land of Avalon, where Glastonbury is. And we were so lucky to go there together in 2019. And so would I say, like, England is my favorite country? I mean, it's definitely a country that is dear in my heart and the land of Avalon, the beautiful region of Somerset is so in my heart. And also, I think that you know that I have a deep love of Egypt as well. And I love traveling there so much. And I love when I go there, I love to explore new places But I also love to return to the places that I'm getting to know and see how they're different each time and what's similar. So right now, I would say those two spaces have a tie in my heart. So what is your favorite animal? (laughs) And I actually don't even know this answer. My favorite animal, I would say right now... If we're talking about, like, the animals we know of that exist in the three-dimensional world, I would definitely say dogs. I'm really feeling a kindred spirit with dogs. Uh, As you know, I love Sutra, who is the snake that lives in Earth Magic, which is one of the places I give astrological readings. And by classification, Sutra is technically not an animal. He's a reptile. So, well, isn't he still an animal? Like, even though there are different groups of animals, like 
mammals and amphibians and reptiles, aren't they still all animals? That I'm not 100% sure of, but I bet you would know better than me. Everybody says that about me. (laughs) What's your favorite animal? Red panda. Red panda. For no reason at all. (laughs) All right. Very cute. Yeah. I do love Sutra so much, and I'm really enjoying getting to know the power of the snake firsthand and just to feel him move on my body and to witness him change week after week and to witness his shedding process. It's really special. So what is your favorite food? (sighs) My favorite food? Well, right now, what I'm enjoying the most about food is Ellen's special desserts that she delivers every Wednesday night. And I bet Ellen is going to listen to this episode. So this is a little shout out to Ellen, who is, uh, I like to joke at the women's councils that I hold for the dark moons that she is the star baker. (laughs) Um, Ellen is amazing. And she's been bringing these delightful homemade desserts that she's creating in honor of the Earth Seed nine-week online course that I launched this spring. And so each week she's bringing a dessert that represents that chakra and the stone that we're working with, the temple of the stone that we're entering each week. And it feels so special because she's not even enrolled in the course And she's, like, giving this beautiful offering. So I'm loving her desserts. She even made many cheesecake cookies. And I don't like cheese, but I like them. Yeah, the cheesecake cookies that she made this week for the heart chakra with the little strawberries, they are delicious. Did you eat them all? No, there's still some left. Um, So what is your favorite color? My favorite color is purple. I love deep, dark purple. So how do you feel about sharing your ideas with the world? Well, it's very vulnerable, to be honest with you. That's what I thought. Yeah, I'm I'm a very sensitive person, and to put myself out like this can be really, really vulnerable especially in this time where we're still sort of locked down in our global culture because I put myself out there, but I don't always hear a lot of feedback. And not that I put myself out there to hear feedback. It's helpful to know how things land for people. So it's it's very tender. And I do it because... I really believe in the power of these times and that each one of us is an artist and super creative. And because that is a message I share in my work, I know that I have to really embody that message. So that's why I do it, no matter how challenging it is. Um, What is your greatest accomplishment during the experience of making your podcast? (laughs) Well, 
I love your question. It's very like, it feels very Capricorn focused, which is your sun sign as we know, but not all the listeners know that. I, I think it's kind of hard to measure, but what I would say is that what sticks out are two things. And the first that I'm going to share is just that I know around the great conjunction, I had the most listeners I had ever had to any episode. And it felt really profound at that time to know that so many people were tapped in with me when I was traveling around Egypt and uh, working ceremony on the land during the Great Conjunction. Wait, you brought your podcast equipment to Egypt? I didn't bring my podcast equipment. I brought just my phone and I recorded with my headset through a voice app and then I uploaded it to my computer. The quality was not as good as I prefer, but it worked. And now I have a travel mic, which I look forward to testing out. The, the real greatest accomplishment would be just getting this beautiful feedback from um, this woman, Margaret. Hi, Margaret, if you're listening. <laughs> I saw her last Sunday. She came into Earth Magic and she saw me across the shop. I didn't even recognize her because, you know, she was had her face covered with a mask and I hadn't seen her in a few years in person. But, you know, she said that she really appreciated my podcast. And through this entire pandemic, it like really helped her get through the, the craziness of this time that we're living in. And so... It just felt so humbling and beautiful to know that something I created was that nourishing and supportive to other people who were struggling through a really challenging time. Yeah. What is the best thing that you have done in your work, like your entire business? My entire business. Well, if I think about my entire business, I'd have to go all the way back from 2008 when I first started out in the first incarnation of my business, which was when I was a birth and postpartum doula, to now, 2021. And my business has had many changes and evolutions. What's the best part? It's really hard to measure, but I would say one of the things I'm the most proud of are the pilgrimages. They're, they've all been very unique and different, even though we have returned to certain lands multiple times. But to witness people and the transformation they go through on pilgrimage and then to witness and hear the feedback after the pilgrimage and how they like integrate in their lives and how it gives them empowerment and strength in newfound ways is super inspiring. And to bring people abroad to a foreign country is, in many ways, it's a gamble because there's so much uncertainty. And so I'm just proud of being willing to follow my heart and have a sense of adventure 
and also to be so connected with my practice and the divine so that I have that steady guidance with me at all times. Yeah, I think that I that even though I wasn't on the pilgrimage for France when he went to South France, but after where we met up in Paris, that was really fun. And I really enjoyed going to Glastonbury and Corn Cornwall. That's what yeah. I thought. This wasn't positive. What was your favorite part about Glastonbury and Cornwall? What sticks out to you the most now? Because it's almost been two years. Well, I really enjoyed Stonehenge and the tour and the chow as well. And a hundred monkeys. <laughs> and I also saw this log at Cornwall. And I thought it had a bunch of mushrooms, but it actually had a bunch of pennies stuck into it. I remember that log, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, like, aside from the log, I, I really liked all of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And my favorite part of going to France was definitely being able to eat more food. <laughs> What's your favorite no. meal that you can think of that we ate? Well, breakfast? Do you I definitely love breakfast a lot. Especially that place that we went back to twice, mm-hmm. where they got the hot chocolate and stuff. But then I also really liked, I think it was lunch, that day that we went for the hot air balloon rides, but then we couldn't do it because it was too windy. And then we had that baguette with the cheese. That was really good. That was delicious. We had so much beautiful food that we just would go and buy at a market and just enjoy. It was so good. So amazing. So do many people know what your studio looks like? I don't think so, because I think most of the people who listen to Starstones and Stories have never even come to Asheville or met with me in person. So can you describe it a little bit? <laughs> well, I'd love your input. What what do you feel and see and hear? Well, I see a lot of windows mm-hmm. um, and definitely a lot of crystals. There are a lot of plants, and I definitely see you're gone. Uh-huh. Um, and I just see all the stuff that you do, I guess, like... The cabinet with all of your apothecary stuff. Also your drum. And those things really stand out to me. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all the different... This is like the home for all the different tools that I use. And a number of these come with me on pilgrimage. You know, like my drum and my... This gong lives here, but I have another gong that I travel with and... I have a lot of different crystals because of the stone medicine sound healing treatments I do. I'm curious, though, like, I'd I'd love to hear from you as we're bringing this to a close. Like, is there anything about what I do that you find particularly, like, makes you proud or you're curious about knowing more about? I, I was very proud when you launched your course, definitely. Yeah. And I want to know more about that since it was just launched a couple of weeks ago. Well, maybe sometime you'll you'll come take it with me. I'd love for you to be a part of 
my work as you grow and evolve in whatever way you feel called as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Navia. Is there anything else you want to say to all the beautiful listeners that pop in across the United States and India and Canada and South America and Central America and England and Ireland and Europe, parts of Africa and New Zealand, Australia? Um, no, not really. That's a lot of countries. On continents. I'm going to invite you to prepare for meditation. And so come seated or lie down. And if you're operating heavy machinery or you can't be present now, feel free to pause this recording and check out the timestamp. And they're also in the show notes so you can come back to this whenever it feels most aligned for you. And so as you're finding your seat or your center, just bringing the body into deep, deep presence and awareness, making sure all devices are turned off and you're in a space where you cannot be disturbed. You've taken care of all of your biological needs and allow your body to come into this moment with the breath Inhaling and exhaling, nice long, deep breaths, allowing yourself to become more present, more aware, just noticing how your body is feeling in this now moment and allowing whatever is present to be there, allowing it with the breath and breathe into any tight, heavy, hard spaces. Breathe the breath into those spaces not in a way to force any shift but just to breathe consciousness light transformation into those denser spaces and allow your awareness to come to the base of the spine the palms of your hands the soles of your feet and imagine these grounding cords of silver gold red light coming out through these spaces and beginning to drop down, down, down through the layers of sediment and soil deep into Mother Earth. And any buildings you may be in, just the light lines, the cords of light are able to move through the concrete, through the structures, deep into the earth where you come and you ground and you anchor into Great Grandmother Hematite into this now moment, finding your center here, grounding and anchoring all of who you are, all of who you've ever been, all who you ever will be. And breathe that 
grounded recognition, this knowingness, this awareness that you are enough, you are full, you have a right to be here on earth now at this time, and that you matter. There is so much love and support available for you in these times, even when it feels the most isolated and dark. You have support. You have the backing of your ancestors, your guides, your guardians, your star family, your soul tribe. Even when we feel most lonely, we have the support always. And so in this space of grounding, I invite you to draw the support in from deep within Mother Earth back up through the layers of sediment and soil, back up. For those of you who know of the Earth Star Chakra, through your Earth Star Chakra, through the soles of your feet, grounding and anchoring that energy up into your body. And begin to feel these waves of relaxation as you breathe longer, deeper breaths, more conscious breaths. Feel this wave of relaxation enter in through the soles of the feet, up through the ankles, swirling around the calves and the shins, up through the knees, up into the thighs, up through the glutes, and into the pelvic bowl, swirling around your inner cave of creation. Regardless of gender, this is a space all beings have of creative energy. And this energy swirls up through the spine, up through all of your digestive organs, into the lungs, up and into your heart and your thymus up into your thyroid, up through the shoulders and the neck and moving down the arms all the way down through the elbows and the wrists into the hands all the way out to the fingertips. Breathing that energy back up the arms, back into the shoulders and the neck and the throat up into the jaw allow your jaw to soften and open into the teeth allow the tongue to relax all the way to the root of the tongue the upper and the lower palates feel this wave of relaxation moving into the back of the head into the ears deep into the eardrums into the center of your brain deep into the space of the pituitary gland and the pineal gland and the hypothalamus. And this wave of relaxation moves up through the cheeks and the nose and the sinuses, deep into the eyes, all the way back into the optic nerves, swirling up through the crown of your head so that every hair on the top of your head and throughout your body just completely relaxes and your bones and your joints soften 
these bones that are the medicine of who you are, they carry these crystalline codes of light that are passed down generation to generation, just like the bloodline through the blood. The vitality of who we are, the essence of who we are, we have this ability to rematrix all of these codes of light and life through our very consciousness, our psyche, our thoughts, all of whom and who we are. And so now I invite you to imagine from the crown of your head this beautiful white light that comes into the shape of a pyramid and it begins to envelop and enclose your entire physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, your mental body, your ka body, the energy double of who you are, all of your energetic layers are fully encapsulated in this pyramid of white light and it anchors all the way from the cosmos, from the sun of all suns, the great cosmic central sun of all of creation and this pyramid of light beams down through your high 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 chakras all the way down through the crown rooting you all the way down into the earth the base of the pyramid roots down the structure and you notice as you watch the light it begins to shift from white to violet to golden and it is saturated with this golden essence and you begin to see this beautiful golden nectar of light pouring from the great cosmic central sun all the way down through earth all the way through this pyramid of light that fully embodies and anchors you and as it is doing so you feel this sensation of the super conscious of who you are. You feel the divine showing you everything you need to know. It is encased within the codes of light of this pyramid that are surrounding and protecting all of your bodies. You as a light keeper, as a way shower, breathe in this multi-dimensional awakening through these codes of light. Breathe them into all the cells of your being so that all the cells of your being take on a holographic mirror of these codes of light. And as your DNA receives these energetic upgrades, these imprints, feel how your DNA connects to the DNA of Mother Earth Gaia, which connects to the DNA of the cosmos. Feel how your Akasha weaves with the Akasha of Mother Earth and the Akasha of all that is. This great weaving of light begins to move through you in these delicate, elegant codes that bring you even closer to the heart of Mother Earth. And in this beautiful season of honoring the Earth, 
of the celebration of the fertility of all of life of that weaving of your inner feminine and your inner masculine coming together to co-create this inner unification this inner unity consciousness you breathe this in even deeper so that you have great support and anchoring in these delicate and most potent and powerful times and you allow yourself to continue to breathe long deep breaths in this now moment and any parts of your physical body that need your focus your attention that need extra healing allow them to receive that through your breath through your awareness here and now And you find yourself feeling more and more relaxed and at complete peace in this moment. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this truth. Be fully present, grounded, and relaxed.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.